are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. Man, is it a good time to be a Kings fan right now. Probably as good a time as I can remember dating back to what we call the mini glory years. Those three beautiful <laughs> years, I would say. This is Caro. How are you tonight, Vardy? Excellent, friend. Excellent. Uh, riding that high, just like the boys are right now. I am high as a kite. <laughs> From a hockey perspective, I mean, I mean figuratively speaking, you know. Yeah. And, and the craziest thing is, as well as they're playing, they are not making any progress in the standings whatsoever. <laughs> just, just staying afloat, just treading water. <laughs> eight zero and two haven't moved an inch. Yeah, eight zero and two for the Kings, eight two and zero for Vegas, eight two and zero for Edmonton, all in their last ten. Yeah. Even on the even in the central central Colorado seven two and one Minnesota six one and three six three and one for Dallas they're they're the losers of the bunch at six three and one yeah not impressive guys yeah Pick up your shit not good Seattle pretty much slipping to wild card though so I guess that's worth something that's good I mean and I'll we'll maybe get around to possible playoff seeding later because that's always fun and ultimately useless with mm-hmm. the 13 or whatever 12 games left plenty of yep. plenty of time to jockey around and make all these conversations obsolete so but, but pretty comfortably again i think we brought this up last time but i sincerely cannot remember the last time that the kings were like this far from the end of the season and comfortably in a yeah, playoff spot. Even last season, I think it was not as comfortable yeah. as this. It still, I think, was down to the final, what? Three or four the, games. I remember yeah, there was a game against Vancouver, season. like the three, third game from the last. Right, and... right. They didn't clinch till that Vancouver game, if I remember. Right. Because we were talking right. about who's going to be in net. Is it going to yep. be Peterson and Quick? Yep. My, how times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> I, I have no recollection of these two individuals. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, before we uh, dive into all that good stuff, uh, something pretty cool happened last week on Saturday in that Vancouver game. To at least one of us. Listen, <laughs> it was meant to happen to both of us. I can't it control. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, LA Kings PR and the LA Kings digital media team set up a little mini program uh, for what they called digital influencers or digital content creators and for one game uh, invited the bannerman and a bunch of other great uh, kings creators to experience a game day from the media perspective and we of course jumped at the opportunity unfortunately <laughs> vardy couldn't make it as some of you may know he lives in san diego and wouldn't you know it it landed on the day of his daughter's birthday fatherhood of strikes all, again. of all days I mean, I, I, it could have been any other day, but folks, I was committed with jumpy castles and taco trucks and just, you know, forces greater than myself and my love for the Kings, unfortunately. So, but that's but a good okay. time was had. It sounds like by you, it, it was, it was terrific. There was, there was face painting and children crying through the face paint, but in, in fun ways. Yeah. But anyway. I. Yes. Fortunately, Tell us about for, your, fortunately for 50% of us, that's right. I, I was available and I did accept the invitation from Aaron Cooley. So that was just the, getting the email. I think I immediately texted Jesse and I was like, is this, is this spam? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like what's happening here? Like, is this, is this a Nigerian prince? Am I gonna... <laughs> right. It's like the hockey version of the Nigerian prince. <laughs> it's like you have a media pass to this game. I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> Someone has stolen your password. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, you know, I had to check with, with Jesse and he, he confirmed that no, it's not spam. It's, it's real. Uh, so yeah, I, of course, signed up because when we started this thing, I don't think we ever sat there and, and, and talked for even a minute about like, hey, man, if we do this long enough, you know, you we might be in the press box one day and we'll be tweet live tweeting a game from the press box, you know? <laughs> those, th- those thoughts did not cross our mind, believe it or not. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll kind of go through the experience a little bit. Like I said, Saturday, it was that Vancouver game. And when I say game day, that means morning to evening. So we were there, we being me, 
<laughs> from the Bannerman and a bunch of other uh, King's creators. King's Realm was there. Uh, great guys. The King Storian was there. Um, Royal Rant, Hockey Royalty. The guys from uh, Rink Lords, a writer from the Hockey Writer. So there was, I believe, 12 or 13 of us there. The morning skate stuff, I think that was interesting to me in that I, it's been, you and I used to go to practices quite a bit when we were in our yep. early 20s, late yep. teens, whatever, when we had no responsibilities and going to the rink on a random Wednesday was just fine. Not so much these days. So it's, it had been a while and um, I think it was optional skate. It's a morning skate, but it was cool to see some of the things the guys were working on. Like uh, Velarde was working on the, the play, you know, the goal mouth play. Mm -hmm. The one he scored on Bennington, he was he was yeah. working on something right, like that right at the goal mouth where he was receiving the puck on his forehand and then giving a blind pass backhand backdoor. It's been a while since I've seen, even in the NHL, I don't remember seeing such specific like things they work on. So mm -hmm. like Gabe himself was working on that. Then there was another play where Velarde was still at the goal line, at the base, uh, right at, at the goal line at, on the near post. And... Byfield was right in the slot and they were just doing these one touch one timers mm. going from high to low, like mm -hmm. one touch right to Byfield in the slot. So it was cool to see those little things being worked on because in a team practice, you don't really get to do that. You're working on your systems, you're working on your breakouts, four checks, all that stuff. Uh, so that was cool. Then we got to go into the, the little media room at uh, Toyota Sports Center where Coach McClellan answered some questions and we were asked very nicely not to ask questions and just kind of <laughs> observe what's going just on absorb it take it all absorb in absorb it yeah just stare awkwardly and that's that's pretty much what we did and that was like more or less it the canucks came out for their morning skate and i hung around a little bit to watch and that was it then we had to break until game time so i had like a four hour break in between and then we rolled up to crypto man and that's that was pretty cool you know, you, you go in, there's like this media entrance. I was going to say, where where is that yeah, entrance it's, exactly? Is it towards it's the in, back? It's in, towards the... The, it's in between the Star Plaza entrance and mm -hmm. one of the premier entrances. Okay, okay. So it's kind of on the side from the main doors. Got it, yeah. And I think first thing we did is like just ride the elevator down to the tunnel and immediately they, they put us in the press room where they had like a little buffet style thing going on some some better food than concession stands i'll tell you that much yeah but a lot of familiar faces in there man i'm I'm talking about for all you listeners just people you see on tv jared stoll carlin was there nick nixon was floating around alex faust was there and it was just us on our table like the king's realm the king's story and we were sharing the table and just talking hockey and I, we had a funny moment where dave taylor like walked right in and we were all chatting and we all kind of stopped the chatting and just were like, okay. <laughs> uh, walked, he just stared at us like, who the hell are these guys? I don't know who you are, but, but it was nice chatting it up with these guys, man. Like King Storian, we kind of knew him before from our younger days, but the man truly is a wealth of hockey history. And, and I kind of pride myself in knowing my history. So there was a nice little back and forth with him. The, King's Realm guys, super nice, super outgoing. I think James was just shaking hands with literally every... I think people knew James. Mm. And, and it wasn't like, hey, who are you? It was like, hey, what are you doing in this room, yeah. James? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to those guys. They were fun. But most people didn't know who you were, right? I mean... No, no. Just the people who were involved in the event. It wasn't like... Right. I don't know. Jared Stoll came up to you guys and said, oh, hey, you guys are the media dudes who are here for whatever no. reason. Yeah, okay. I think for our, from the Bannerman perspective, I think introducing myself to a few people, when I did mention that where the, I represent the Bannerman podcast, I did get quite a few like, oh yeah, sure. I know that podcast. So, so that was nice. You know, hmm. polite of them to lie. Yeah. Lie, <laughs> lie right to my face. Very impressive. So <laughs> learned a thing or two about how to do that. Watching the game from the press box, just a cool little thing. Like, what do you say? Like, you know, you're, you can't cheer, obviously. We knew that kind of going in. Yeah. And I, I think I'm at the point of my Kings fandom where I don't really get up and cheer anyway. Sure. I just kind of nod or clap or whatever it is. So it wasn't yeah. that difficult. Like I just live tweeting the game and, and watching from up there. So what is what is the sight line like? Because the press box is up towards the concourse, right? Like it's on the... 
upper level pretty much staring it's straight above, down. It's above it's the above highest the, seats in the building. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I've always said this. I prefer a higher seat. I like watching the game from up top. The problem is I don't like the seats. The actual seats in the 300 sections are really narrow. Yeah. And they've become kind of uncomfortable over the years. <laughs> but I had a pretty nice cushy chair up there. So I, I didn't mind it at all. I like seeing nice. plays develop. I Like, I don't like glass seats. Mm-hmm. I've sat pretty low and I'm just like, this oh, is not. Oh, you can't see anything. No, yeah, like, this isn't. Anything. I'm not enjoying this at all. So it's got to be like that 200 section or higher for me at this yeah. point of my life or fandom i was sitting next to dennis from the king's realm so it was enjoyable chatting with those guys the whole time during the game one cool thing i noticed is like uh jesse who goes on and on about how he had nothing to do with this which i believe him totally but he was like totally big brothering this thing which he absolutely should by the way yeah he was checking in on us seeing if we're good if we're having fun if we need anything the whole time so that was really cool of him yeah, like cool big brother, not like yeah, Uncle Jesse. Big, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Uncle Jesse. He was, and it makes sense though, right? Because it's like we talked about this with the Kings Kings Realms guys. It's like Jesse's class of creators were like the first wave of like independent creators, and where everyone there was kind of like the second wave. Mm-hmm. Jesse, thanks, Bud, Quisp, Surly, and Scribe. Those guys Jewel. were jewels from the crown. Like those guys were that first wave when the Kings were. Starting to get good. A lot of them don't royal have to, of course, and a lot of them are gone now. And like, where the next wave of independent media, so to speak. So that was kind of cool. And I think for Jesse, I'll never want to speak for Jesse Cohen. Trust me, he'll let me have it if I do. But I, I think as as little credit as he wants for this thing, I think he knows or feels like, hey, these are kind of like my kids in a way. You know Mm. what I mean? Like these are. I had a hand in getting these guys in here and you should feel proud of that. So I'm, I'm yeah. very thankful to Jesse for, for all that, but overall outstanding experience. Sounds like they want to do it again. No specifics or anything like that. And hopefully they'll plan it around my, my other daughter's birthday. I'm sure they will. And you know, um, just I'll let them know to do it on that. Yeah. Exact yeah, yeah. Day, just tell them so. exactly when those days are. <laughs> um, my wife's birthday is coming up, you know, right in the middle of the first round of the playoffs, probably just, just give them all those dates. Perfect. Any questions you have for me, man? No, man. I mean, I, I, I just you were you were kind enough to be texting me updates and calling me and and you know chatting me through the whole thing. I think it's just I just want to kind of echo your sentiments, even though I wasn't able to go. I think it was just a ridiculously cool thing to happen. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us. Again, I, we can't speak for the other other creators and the podcast and stuff, but you and I never did this with that intention. It was always kind of one of those things that we would joke about, you know, our, our little on ongoing joke of uh, we'd get like 100 Twitter followers and we'd go, we made it. We did it, you know, like, right, right. you know, uh, Jesse would send us like a, a, a message and say, hey, I listened to your episode. We're like, we did it. It ain't getting any better than this. <laughs> So, so, you know, like that's, that's the kind of like wavelength that we operate on of just trying to have a good time with this and doing it for ourselves. And so when we get these little, you know, little, little acknowledgements and little bits of getting a bit closer to the team and getting that kind of fun access, it's, it's, it's definitely, I don't know, makes you, makes you feel good, makes you feel good on the inside. It does, and it. I think it motivates us to improve. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell, but we got brand new mics immediately <laughs> after that. Right. I mean, the night we got, <laughs> we got that invite, and we're and we immediately went. We're like, All right, we're priming this shit. We are getting. <laughs> I was I was sending you Amazon links from the press box. <laughs> I, I built a booth. I got like. <laughs> uh, but no, truly, it does, and to see how much I think a major takeaway from all. The influencers that were there to see the prep by the way i gotta say that is i, I do not feel like an influencer no in this, i hate I, that I, word right? i know i but hate that's it. the word they use so i know let's let's switch it up dude the creators the content yeah. creators that were there, there you go i'm okay with that the i think the big takeaway was like the preparation level of everybody is like off the charts yeah um and it's such a machine i think we had an idea always had an idea of like okay obviously 
there's a lot that goes on backstage but it's such a big machine and like everyone's a cog in the machine even like the simplest you know the guy setting up the camera for mcclellan's media mm-hmm. you know all the way up to alex faust jim fox all those guys the preparation they put in is outstanding and yeah they're all humble enough to understand that hey we're just a part of this big thing and we're just gonna do our part to make sure it keeps rolling so that's cool and yeah uh, yeah it was outstanding and can't wait to do it again hopefully it's it's soon hopefully it's this season we're running out of time <laughs> but yeah hopefully and, it's in the playoffs for you how about that oh man, man that would uh i would i would find a way to make that i would you know just seriously i would manipulate whatever i needed to of my schedule and i would make that happen <laughs> yeah it's not even the distance honestly it's just random commitments and stuff but anyway i'm I'm glad at least one of us got to go i'm glad it was a it was a positive experience overall i'm glad we didn't feel out of place i'm glad all those other podcasts got to go i think they probably feel very similar to what we feel right now that you feel kind of even more motivated to keep doing this and quite frankly it's just it's such a great time to do this for how well the team is doing this is the best the team has done since we've started this podcast this has been easily in, in my opinion it has been one of the most fun regular seasons it, it didn't start like that but from like december on this has felt like probably Some unlike any Phoenix other Copley on basically yeah. basically it, and you can you can correct me and you can you can you've probably you probably remember seasons from when you were like six years old and something like that but to me um from the early 2000s on let's say this sincerely feels like the most fun i have had watching every game from about december on like it just the team is is running on a different engine right now the vibe is is tremendous they're clicking especially in the last 10 15 games maybe even longer than that from about february on uh, you've you've all probably seen the numbers that they're the most you know successful team in terms of point percentage from that from that little calendar mark on but it's more than just oh they're winning games it, there's a swagger here there is there is just doing well and i know all the other teams are doing well too i can't speak for them but just watching this team you can't honestly tell me that that there's another team in the west at least that's head and shoulders better than them that like in a seven game series would take them i i would i think i think they can go toe-to-toe with any other team in the west right now without question and that's not even including the fact that they're being riddled with injuries right now. Thankfully, there's right. enough time until the playoffs start where those guys can come back. With a full roster, what team actually wants to come up against these guys? Please. Oh, no one. That's not a matchup any team wants. And and it's not just the fact, you know, you're talking about they have a swagger, they have a confidence, but they are bought in right now. And that's yeah. I think that's the most evident thing is like a complete buy-in into what this coaching staff has prepared for them or, or strategize for them how to compete in this league how to win in this league it from a to z everyone's in and you could see it in every game yeah like the vancouver game they lost that when we were on the creator night dude like you play that game seven times the kings are going to win six of them like that's yeah. just the way it is so yeah the buy-in i think is the most impressive part from what i'm seeing obviously the addition of gavrikov has been huge I think better than advertised, I would say. I think yeah, because his the advertising kind of came with, well, he's not doing so well in Columbus and his numbers have dipped a little bit in the last two seasons playing on the team. But you could see like when him and Roy are on the ice together and, and the advanced stats bear this out, they are mm-hmm. a wall of defense mm-hmm. and puck possession. So Yeah, I, I think I think that's the one thing that's very impressive to me is that um for a guy who admittedly I did not know much about until his name kind of came up this season, I figured he was going to show up and be very subtle, very under the radar, very like unnoticed from game to game. And I I don't get that impression. I mean, he obviously had his goal kind of earlier on from when he got here and the celebration and everything. But more than that, I feel like I once or twice a game, I see him make a play 
on either side of the puck and I go, Oh, okay. It's either like a hit. It's uh, he had a, he had a against Calgary and granted everyone seemed to do well against Calgary, but like he had a play. We kind of like deked around a guy at the blue line and drew a penalty. And I was like, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't right. think that that was really anything of your, you know, that was, that was in your playbook. And I think some of that, again, goes with the idea that when the team does well, it inspires confidence in everyone and it gets everyone kind of, you know, feeling like I can try these things. My guys will bail me out or I'm going to pull it off either way, that kind of that kind of play. I think that's that's been really impressive to me is that the layers, that there's so much backup. There's like no one feels afraid to try anything. Everyone is just stick checking and getting back and I mean, the chances are being limited so much from these other teams. Granted, they're not the highest caliber teams they're playing. You can only play who's on your schedule, but they are just smothering other teams right now. They are. And listen, they're, they played a very desperate team in Calgary. Right. And it wasn't even a contest, quite frankly. Like, And then Calgary goes the next night and, and drops a bomb on Anaheim, essentially right. just let out their frustrations. And Calgary also took Vegas to like the final seconds of, of their game tonight. So I don't consider like you would say it's a soft schedule, but these are hard games, man. When you know you're essentially in the playoffs to be dialed in that way, yeah. the way this team is, and just every night bring the same game, like you're not in the playoffs or like you're still battling for a spot. It's hard to get into that mental frame. And and Todd McClellan often says like we're playing like we're trying to earn a playoff spot. And that's those are just fluffy words to say, but this team is actually playing that way. And I mm-hmm. think that's the most impressive thing to me. And yeah, I wouldn't want to play the Kings in the playoffs. Hell no. They seem like one of the toughest outs in the West, if not the toughest out in the West right now. Yeah. They haven't allowed more than two goals in how long? Like nine games or something? Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just again, like you said, the the weird strange part is how many of the other teams are are winning maybe not playing as locked down as the kings are right now but at least winning and i have to believe that even though they're pretty comfortably in a playoff spot at the moment that the potential to still win the division sure maybe be first in the west like that still has to matter you know and and for a division that was kind of on the weekend of things to start the year, the Pacific has come on real strong. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, they're so look if you look right now at the standings, the Kings with 71 games played have 92 points. That would make them first in the central. I mean, that's yeah. That's that's wild. Because yeah, because Minnesota, speaking of wild, is, is first in the central. No, it's Dallas actually. Dallas has 92 Dallas points with 70. Okay, yeah. so, so, they, so, so they have why. 92 points in 72 games, but the Kings have a game in hand. Right. So I, I have to think that there's still, like if you're winning and you have this look and you have this, and you know you still got to play Vegas, I think, right? At least once they're playing Vegas in the next 10 games. And Edmonton on March 30th. Edmonton twice. Oh, man. I mean, those games, you, oof. It's a nice way to end the year. It's a nice way to end the year. Yeah, I think. those are the. I think those are the ones that are circled, right? Oh yeah. It's a potential first round matchup. It's a revenge kind of spot from last year. Yeah. It's it, it's like the measuring stick. Yeah, I think Drew Doughty's probably got like a photo of uh of McDavid on the wall somewhere. He's doing the Rocky Four montage and just kind of <laughs> crumpling it. Crumpling it, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, and we'll get into like all the other stuff, including some sad injuries but mm-hmm. um i was gonna ask you who do you want in the first round and this is all things considered this isn't just about weakness of a point this is also entertainment value sure right there you, I'm, I'm asking like all-encompassing who do you want in the first round i mean i think the most realistic opponent is probably edmonton and there's certainly a part way. of me, yeah. And there's certainly a part of me that wants wants that rematch from last year, but with a full healthy roster. And let me, you know, yeah, and with home ice. That's what perhaps. I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, 
from a pure uh my own psychological well-being point of view that series might kill me i mean that there i would feel a lot more comfortable quote unquote against seattle for example and and maybe i'd be lying to myself but i would just assume that like we're a better team we're a more experienced we, team listen, like from from a like good matchup standpoint seattle's the one yeah in my opinion yeah seattle's yeah. the one yeah without a doubt i i don't want to like I just don't want to deal with hella book in the playoffs. Yeah. From Winnipeg standpoint, I don't want to play Vegas. Not because I'm scared of quick, but not because I think he might, but that's not, that's not why. Yeah. I just don't, it just, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just don't have, <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> I just don't want to, like, I don't want to play him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, bro. Like I hate it when we fight. <laughs> Just... why do we always fight on vacation yeah <laughs> no, but edmonton... i will say from an entertainment standpoint it's it's edmonton or vegas yeah you want just 100%. Sure enter... but i think the vegas series might kill me before the edmonton series just just because i just logan thompson got injured again today quick had to come in with five minutes left so quick's probably gonna start dude for vegas at I mean, this point it's that's that's how it's trending and uh I'm still not scared of the oh playoff quick. He's lingering. No, again, that's he, he, not none of that. That's not that's, my there's reasoning none of that. at all. Yeah, it's not my reasoning at all. Yeah, but they're they're just a a good team. They're a good damn team, and and it just it it wouldn't be. I don't know how to explain this, because the Edmonton series would would really psychologically tax me. I'm not gonna lie. Like that would be a game where from minute one of game one i would be chewing every single fingernail and scratching myself and just you know breaking out in hives and shit and i, I just would not be I, happy about that what i don't want to deal with is like every time the kings took a penalty last season in the playoffs yeah. like i was just like oh man jesus take the wheel you know yeah. what i mean like i don't i don't need that <laughs> like i don't want that right now but and this is just us being scarred, right? Like we could spend the last ten minutes talking about how the boys are humming, they're dialed in. <laughs> exactly. Who wants these guys? Immediate next conversation. I just don't want the playoffs. They, they scare me. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> next conversation is talking about two teams we don't want to play. <laughs> it's it's gonna be wild, man. It's it's gonna be just. And I I, I tweeted this, and I and I I wasn't trying to be, you know smarmy or, or whatever you want to call it but like i legitimately heart of hearts meant this when i tweeted this out i was like if you are a los angeles area sports fan even if like oh i'm i'm i love the dodgers you know i'm like look around you right now in terms of sports there is really yeah the clippers the lakers are kind of middling you're really hoping that lebron and the boys make it yeah. to that playing tournament spot, <laughs> like whatever it is i'm like just just look at how this team is playing right now look at how this team is playing right now look at what is coming for the playoffs if it is going to be absolutely insane i fully fully like it, there's still 11 regular season games to go and i am just completely amped for what the hell the playoffs are going to be it's going to be like, I don't care what else is going on in my life. Putting the kids to bed at like seven o'clock, even if they're not sleepy. And I'm like, you just, just stay there. I don't care. Just stay in your room. Figure Dad's going to be yelling profanities over here. Just, just let it happen. With those feelings and excitement yes. come yes. high expectations and a greater chance for the gut punch of gut punches. And that's, that's what being a sports fan is all about, that's... man. Unfortunately, this is yeah. abusive, toxic relationship we have with this team and we love every second of it somehow is there something wrong with us 100 percent. cool just checking yeah I of thought course so. there is of course there is but then again you could be an edmonton fan too and that's that's a whole different kind of suffering yeah that's, i mean sometimes we get chirped by edmonton fans and i get riled up for a minute but then i think about what they've been through yeah it's tough yeah i hope we sweep them be the best <laughs> i would i would just that would relax me let's do that for my relaxation guys 
Yeah, let's go up 3-0 in a series. Oh. I miss, that's that was the beauty of 2012. Was fun. <laughs> you were St. Louis. That was that was a breeze. Hockey's easy. <laughs> Why doesn't everyone do it? All right, enough positivity. Enough. That's enough of that. Enough excitement. We got to talk about some injuries. Ah, we got to start with our our baby boy, Gabe Velarde, taking a nasty spill against Calgary. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I was, and still am, very concerned, even with reports coming out that he should be skating fairly quickly here. So it seems like it's not a cause for concern. Yeah. But obviously, this goes without saying, but with his back history, the way he flew into the boards, back first into the boards, and didn't immediately get up. I don't even know if that was like a reflex from him just being like, this is my back. This is what's mm-hmm. been bothering me. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take my time here. Uh, but he did not skate in the, or he wasn't available for practice the next day. Right. So that's obviously not a good sign. But Todd McClellan did mention that he should. He expects that he'd be skating fairly quickly here. So. Yeah, I mean, for what it was worth, it seemed like once he took his time and he got up and the trainer came to him, I, I, I thought I saw him kind of mouth to like, I'm okay, I'm all right. And I don't know if that's just kind of reflexive, like, oh, I'm okay. And then you get back to the locker room and, you know, you're seeing birds. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of worry. I mean, that's that's the big concern, right, is this concussion, which is similarly the concern with Jersey. And um, although it sounds like he's closer to coming back soon. Yeah, I think he participated in full practice. yeah yesterday so that's pretty much a green light that he's gonna go yeah probably on saturday against the jets yeah which is great and um again the the luxury we have right now is that there are 11 games and as much as we'd like to have those wins you know against edmonton and and whatnot that would be just novelty wins the important ones are the ones that start mid-april and so um, hopefully that is enough time for them to to kind of get back to where they are. Similarly with Fiala, obviously taking that nasty knee on knee, and I I thought he was done. I mean that looked yeah so bad. He managed to get back <laughs> yeah. in that game. He came. I know, back, but he but celebrated he, a goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, luckily, or whatever you want to call it, I think there wasn't much time left in the game, so. I, I think he maybe got a few shifts in at most yeah, and then, and then kind of called it a night. And right. But I mean, the fact that he was even able, able to do that, then. Sure. Encouraging. Yeah. The, the dreaded ACL, it was not. So if that's not what it was, then you're thinking MCL meniscus sprain, something like that. That's a, that's typically a two to four week recovery period. And we're going on. Has it been two weeks yet or one week? I forget now. I don't think so. That was yeah. the Colorado game, right? I got to double check the date on that. Um, in any case, in any case, it's it's a reasonable amount of time before the playoffs start. You would expect him to come back. And I think that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from what little the team has said about it as well. Um, it was March 9th. So, yeah. That's so quite a, it's been a, yeah. 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 So it's been a bit. It's so already it's been that, it's two in and that a half time weeks. frame, yeah. Yeah. So return time. Yeah. So you know, you just you just hope those guys will come back nice and healthy when they're ready. There's no reason to rush them, and uh, but I, I I I want them to just be completely healthy, no matter who they're playing. I I don't want what happened last year where right. it was. Oh, Arvidsson's out. Not really sure he's coming back. Dowdy's out indefinitely. Who knows if he's coming back? And it was just kind of this like floating false hope that one of these guys was going to come back and help out. And you just you want all your horses for for that kind of series. I think no matter who you're playing against. Of course, <laughs> of course, goes without saying. I think I forgot who tweeted this. I, um, but they tweeted like the game three lineup against Edmonton last year. Yeah. And you look at that lineup and you're just like, how did this group push that team to seven games? Right. And then you get excited because then you start filling in the boxes. Like you look at that lineup, you're like, okay, Fiala slides in here. Dowdy slides in here. Arvidsson's here. Right. 
you Gavrikov is here, like you're like, holy shit, like this is a completely it's also, different team. And it's it's also Velarde. 22-23 Velarde, not Correct. whatever the hell was going on with 20. I mean, 21-22 Velarde, did he even play in the playoffs? Wasn't it? He like, was in that game. He was in game but it was, he was in, Yeah, but it was like, what did he get, like nine I minutes? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely not the same player. Definitely not the same player. And definitely not not this Quentin Byfield, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's up and down the lineup, man. You're just seeing improvements everywhere, really. And... It's exciting when you when you look at it like that. It's a very like simple way to look at it, but you know Edmonton's gone better too if it is Edmonton, right? But you want that you want that lineup, of course, because that I think that's the lineup we were talking about. No one wants this team. That's the lineup no one wants. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I just hope we get it. I just hope that that's the lineup we get, man. I think that's all that's all we really all hope for and um I don't want to inject false optimism but I get the sense from what little information is coming from the team that it's that they're confident that these guys will be back by then. What do you think about our goaltending these days? I think it's pretty good. Don't you? Phoenix Copley is like since the trade deadline has a sub 2.0 goals against. I think yeah. it's 1.7. Mm-hmm. Something bonkers like that. Uh, I think Corpus has been great. I've had no, absolutely no issues with him. I think, can't remember, maybe that, I think we talked about one goal where you're like, okay, that's a little leaky. Can't remember which game it was, but it was like the one on the glove side that hit the bottom of his glove and beat him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of nitpicky at that point because your goaltending is amazing and both these guys haven't allowed more than two goals and a very long time so nine games like you said yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy to me because we keep saying this that copley has not had to be amazing corpusalo in limited sample size i have i've not gotten the sense that he's had to be amazing even though he has come up with an amazing save once or twice here and there even even copley has but they're not being asked to to bail the team out they're not being asked to do anything more than a slightly above average, maybe even average NHL goaltender would do from night in and night out. And they've been doing it consistently. Copley certainly has since December on. And I'm, I'm certainly not looking to, to dump on guys that are not with the team at the moment, but you do wonder, like, man, it, there was there really no way we could have had this? Like, was there no possible way that this could have been this way and maybe there wasn't maybe they weren't playing with the same structure maybe something was different on a minute scale that we can't quite pick out but i'm just i'm still just shocked as to how we ended up here <laughs> with it is this with this tandem. jarring yeah it's, yeah it's... and to watch you know it's not like jonathan quick's like lighting it up or anything but he's he's winning games he's winning games and that's kind of what we saw the Kings not do with our previous tandem. So it is an interesting question. Like, and it, it, I, I kind of go into a dark place sometimes. They're like, do we really need to give up like a first rounder to right. get league average goaltending times two? You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I love Corpus Allo, I do. And I, I would sign him ASAP because I think very highly of him. I think he's a legit number one goalie. So, but yeah. it's, it's just a weird, like you said, it was a weird week or so there. It's just the trade. And and you know, from all the talk of oh man, that, that what is this gonna mean for the locker room and they lost Quickie and you know, there's no way Kopitar and Dowdy are gonna be happy about this. They seem fine. They they seem a okay out there. Yeah. You know? Winning cures all, man. Yeah, right. Exactly like we said. Kopi's still scoring point a game clip acting like nothing matters and and just having himself a good time and quick on the other end of things is getting his wins now second all time amongst u.s goaltenders and you can have a win-win trade is all i'm saying now certainly if we end up against vegas you want that whole win-win aspect to end at some point but i think 
a lot was made of how this trade went down. And a lot of people kind of got all up in their emotions about things. And the fact is, you just you really didn't need to. There was no reason to. You can have a momentary like, oh, thanks for the memories. But look at this team. Look at how well this team is playing right now. And I don't care if Quick is winning in Vegas. He wasn't winning here. Look at how they're winning now. Be happy with that. Stop lamenting the loss of a guy who is doing fine. Everyone's okay. Everything's okay. That's well all I said. got to say. Thank yeah. you. Well try. I think we're past that point. Already. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, let me read out. I, I want to read off this game three lineup to you. From oh, you last found it? Yeah, yeah. I go for it. it. Go for it. Okay, top line. Yeah. Athanasiu Kopitar Kempe. Yikes. Line two, Ayafalo Dano Moore. Okay. Lemieux Lazat Brown. And again, I followed to know more had to happen because Arvidsson was Correct. hurt. Correct. Right. And Athanasiu Kopitar Kempe. Kempe had to happen because because there was no one else. <laughs> right. But Athanasiu. Right. Uh, fourth line, Kaliev Kupari Velardi. Okay. So again, two-thirds very much the same, but Velardi clearly <laughs> has taken a step. Has, has just a totally, I mean... Yeah. Might as well be a different player. Yeah, basically. Thanks. Top pairing. Edler Roy. Wow. Yeah. This is where it gets fun. Yeah. Anderson, uh, Mikey Anderson, Sean Dersey. Uh-huh. Um, pairing two. Olimata, Jordan Spence, three. Okay. Clear upgrades. If by no by virtue of the fact that a healthy Dowdy, another year of experienced Mikey Anderson, Edler playing sheltered minutes, not being asked to be first pairing. Gavrikov. Gavrikov over Mata, even though Mata's had a fine season for Detroit and got re-signed. I think the physical element of things That's an upgrade. It's a huge upgrade. I don't want to hear it. Anyone yeah. don't tweet me, please. That's an yeah, upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Quick and Peterson right. in net. So it's right. that's man, that's a big change top to bottom. It's like almost I mean, what is that? What did we discuss? Like seven guys there? I mean, how many that are no longer here, you mean? Well, just seven guys that are different from that roster to this one. Right. Right? Because you got Arvidsson in there, you got Dowdy in there. You're gonna have Corpusolo. Byfield, Cop- don't forget. Copley and Net. Byfield. All right. So that's Six. My mathing is wrong at the moment. Plus, you consider Velarde being right, almost a, a new completely player. different player. Then you throw Fiala in there. Somehow forgot. What about <laughs> we Kevin? We always forget about Fiala. Kevin. God damn it! We did it again. We did it we again. Forgot our leading squad, Kevin. <laughs> again. It's it's literally Home Alone. We keep forgetting Unbelievable, Kevin. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, like. I, I, was I, looking, I, I swear, I was looking at this lineup and I was like, okay, Byfield instead of Athanasiu, Arvidsson instead of Ayafalo. Ayafalo drops down. Ayafalo, Lazat, Velarde. Not once did Kevin even cross my mind. It's amazing. It's a real-life home alone. That's crazy. Where do you want to see Fiala when he comes back? I think we talked about this I, a little I, bit, but... I really don't know, man. I mean, I... I'm starting and... to think it's going to be just... I mean, they had Velarde centering a game, didn't they? In there, like they had Velarde. I don't think so. I think or was he just lining he might have just up and taking face draws? Off. Yeah, he yeah. takes draws here and I there. mean, and who knows now? Like if they'll both be back at this, and assuming they're all healthy together, I still love the idea of of Fiala and Velarde playing well, together. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think. Yeah. I'm looking at the most likely place probably is Fiala, Lazat, Velarde. Yeah. Which would bump by a follow down to yeah, which means Cali is probably a, Kupari. in the press box. Can can we talk about that just a little bit? So I know they got Zach McEwen, and I know that I know that there's been like some push or whatever to get him in there on the part of the coaching staff. I I understand it sometimes. I don't understand why Artie Kaliev is the one coming out. Like he has a solid game. He's a, he's a contributing player, and 
And granted, Grunstrom has been playing well. I understand all of that. But I just don't understand how you look at a roster and you go, this is the guy who's got to come out. We got to have we got to have whatever it is that Zach McEwen's bringing. And Artie Kelly has got to be the one yeah. to pay the price. I mean, look, we can... Our position on these guys who punch faces has been well documented. Like I'm, I just don't find them appealing at all. Like if you can play, I understand. I and to me, that's a unicorn type player. I think we've been through this many times. Like, yes, have that element to your game, but you got to be able to play. And with respect, major respect to McEwen, he is not that player. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've seen him try to handle the puck. Like, he's a fine skater, and I'm sure he's a great forechecker when healthy. I know he's still dealing with, like, the jaw issue. But it's just that's not – he's not that guy. He's a, a strictly a bottom six – I would say strictly a fourth-line player. So, yeah, I don't understand it either. I think especially if you just consider the power play aspect of it mm-hmm. and how dynamite Kaliev has been mm-hmm. when put in those situations – it's it's tough to wrap your head around. I understand that. It leaves me very confused as to, well, what does he have to do to get in the roster? What does he have to do to make this lineup if if the swap that you're making is him for McEwen? Because that's, that's not a one-to-one kind of thing. Like, I need a guy who's going to be this role, and he does this role better than Kaliev, right? Like, they're, they're two very, very different players. So I don't understand what you need him to do or what is he not doing that you're like, you know what, grab some bench because I need McEwen in there doing what McEwen does. It, it's very confusing to me. And I thought it was just a ver- by virtue of, oh, we have too many wingers and that's why Callie is not playing. But clearly that's not it. There's a, there's a conscious decision being made to bench him over anyone else for reasons I don't fully understand when the team is winning <laughs> no matter who you put out there. And that fourth line has looked good when it was Grunstrom, Kaliev, and Kupari out there. I thought it looked really good. I agree. I, I don't see anything glaring. I mean, unless you're really going to get into the details of the game. Yeah. Even then, I, I that's, anyway. that's a coaching thing. Like, I can't – I'm not going to sit here and pretend – I yeah. see everything that happens in a game, but I do understand the frustration. And then, so if if you're talking, I follow down to four. Yeah, Grunstrom's probably gonna have to move over to the right side. Yeah, and he's been playing real well. He's playing. Yeah, you got to have him. Like you want him in the playoffs. That's your Pl- playoff. Tonka's coming alive. Yeah, baby. if you want, if, you know, if you want that physical edge and someone who's gonna go into dirty areas and all these other cliches he's the guy on the yeah. fourth line that's going to do it and him flanked by Ayafalo is kind of nice on the other side so and Kupari's playing well like he is. he's doing his job killing penalties making strong plays so it's not like we you know since all our centers are wingers now it's not like we have a right boatload of options there anyway right. so right so again that leaves in a healthy with a healthy lineup that leaves Kaliev probably out <sighs> just so weird i mean it's just it just too many players man yeah that's what it comes down to like too many guys too many wingers in a perfect world like he'd be your your first line left wing Mm -hmm. but then byfield would have to be like 3c lazat 4c and kupari's out of the lineup just too many players yeah I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know. And maybe he is just going to be the guy who kind of rotates in during the the right scenario. I just, uh, yeah, in in like a seven-game series, I just, I don't feel comfortable with the idea that McEwen getting even eight minutes a night against Edmonton Uh, gives me... There's no way. (laughs) Let me be clear. (laughs) I do not expect him to play a single second. And if he does, I will have many questions because now you're not talking about either him or Kaliev. Now you're pulling out Grunstrom to put him in the lineup. 
Right, because the yeah. only reason, yeah, it's injuries and stuff. Yeah. So at that point, you're now we're talking about crazy town. I don't want to go to crazy town. Yeah. Like he does not need to be in the lineup so he can yell at Evander Kane or some shit. Like we right. don't need that. Right, 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 right. Oh man. But then again, you and I both thought that we'd have a clear cut goaltender for the playoffs too, and that's. It seems like the the cycle is going to continue well into until until the playoffs. I think. But yeah, and but I think I just keep coming back to it's got to be Corpusalo. Yeah. Just you gave up a first. You ripped everyone's heart out. Or not, but okay. Most people's heart out. Yeah. You can't just be like, well, we you know we did it for this backup. I mean, they did that when they got Bishop, right? Was Bishop a second? What did they give up? A second round pick for Ben Bishop? No, they gave up. Um, his name is escaping me. The defenseman Chernak. Oh, oh God! Right. That yeah. did. That did not. That's not a good trade. That did not go well for us. <laughs> Considering we missed the playoffs completely, yeah, that's not a correct. Good trade. Correct. And Bishop played what three games? Whatever that. it was. Yeah. Whatever it was. I think we. Anyway. Ginla. In the line yeah up. yeah man this team has been through some things the last few seasons you forget all that when when you kind like of we go can make a all. i could do like a complete lineup with like random legends the kings have had <laughs> <laughs> Just... oh it's terrific all right anything else we should we should touch on you think anything around the league you want to talk about i think we've touched on the teams doing crazy well uh yeah i don't know you want to talk about connor mcdavid 60 not really no i'm just i'm with all due respect to the the supernova shit he's doing right now i'm i'm tired of it (laughs) so we're there now i'm i'm exhausted i am in complete mcdavid overload of like, oh my God, he did it again. Like, I know he did it again. He's always <laughs> gonna do. He's gonna keep doing it again. Like, mm. I, I can't, I can't bring myself to exist on this plane of like constant worship of him. Just give him all the trophies at the start of the season and let everyone else be able to play <laughs> hockey. Just, just give uh, him the damn Norris. I don't care. Give him a Vesna. It just doesn't matter. Just. I will Please. say, I think he's going to get 70 goals. Sure, of course he is. And he would be like the ninth guy to ever do it in NHL history. So that's pretty cool. And I would like to see that. And he's, and he's doing tremendous things. And I, I'm sure he's a lovely man and doing <laughs> awesome things. But I'm sorry, I am just exhausted in hearing about how amazing he is. Because... It it drains the space, I feel like, for other players to get some credit sometimes. Does that make any sense? Of course, because like he's he's just so head and shoulders above everyone else that it's like why you know, like it's like being is... the second place scorer yeah. in the Gretzky era. It's like yeah. I'm second place, but this guy has a seventy point lead on me. Yeah, exactly. Nothing I do is ever gonna be impressive. Exactly. Exactly. And you were pointing this out that he basically like he's doing so ridiculously well that he's he's creating career high numbers for everyone else on the Oilers. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is about to have ninety points and no one even <laughs> right. cares. No one even cares. He's thirty years old and he's yeah. he, he's about to break his career high by thirty points. <laughs> no one even cares. Zach Hyman is is about to eclipse his career high by like 30 points. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins shit. has 90 points and he's going to be the third leading scorer on the damn Oilers. No one cares. Right. You know, that's that's the kind of like vacuum that that Connor McDavid creates in my mind at this point. And so I'll I'll watch the highlights. I'll continue to be impressed, but I'm I'm leading a small and healthy charge to acknowledge <laughs> the little guys. We're putting up ninety points and getting no love. Yeah, ninety points is cute. It's cute. 
Look at, look at adorable little Ryan Nugent Hopkins. <laughs> That's right. You know, everyone's interviewing Connor in the in the press, yeah, you know, in the post game scrum, and Ryan's just like scored another point, increased my my career high again, guys. Just doing it over here quietly. No, like Matthew Kachuk's gonna have over a hundred points, and no one even like, no one cares. <laughs> why would you? And that's that, that that's completely separate from the fact that it's Matthew Kachuk, and I care even less for him than I do for Connor McDavid. But like, this is what I'm saying. There's a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of guys putting up ridiculous goal numbers and point numbers this season, and none of it is going to matter for a damn thing, because Connor McDavid is just an inhuman, genetically bred hockey thing and yeah congratulations okay. all right. that's all, all right. i we're got gonna, we're gonna get off this topic you're right. getting really angry i'm sorry uh, last thing i'll i'll bring up fanatics oh yeah the jersey deal don't like it i mean <laughs> I'm not a fan i mean i'm just scared you're not a fanatic i i'm, I'm not a fanatic of the guy the one thing the Wyshynski article, obviously, where they're talking about how they've actually been making all the jerseys for Nike, for the NFL, and for the Major League Baseball jerseys, um, and they've just been slapping a Nike swoosh on there, which again, which I got to point out is just <laughs> that is just a crazy arrangement. <laughs> it seems so unnecessary. <laughs> just like, really, it's like double outsourcing. So we're going to outsource it to Fanatics. We're going to outsource it to someone else. And then they're like, Fanatics is middlemanning this deal. It's hilarious. Anyway. I mean, it's just, just the strangest thing. Like, why would you? I'm sure there's reasons, but I'm just I'm just shocked from the point of view of Nike that they're just like, ah, we, just, we care so little about Major League Baseball and NFL jerseys that we're just going to let someone else make this and put our logo on it. But the NBA ones, we're going to do it. It's, it's all going to be us. That's right. So that gives me a little bit of hope that uh, that at least there'll be some. And it, yeah, and it seems like it's going to be the same factory they made, made the Adidas right. jerseys, right? And right. So I'm, I don't foresee – initial gut reaction was like, boo. Yeah. Like, this Big is boo. so – I think the major – the main thing was like it felt minor league. Yeah. You know, I think we always as, – as hockey being our favorite sport, NHL being our favorite league – we always want what's best and we always want not to be the little mom and pop shop. Right. And that's kind of what it feels like. In in fairness, maybe it felt like that when Reebok took over too, years and years ago. Like Reebok was really doing nothing for any other league at that point, if I remember correctly. And it, we were all just kind of like, all right, I guess Reebok's doing this now since there's like a CCM Reebok merger thing going on. And... And a, and, a, and a reasonable thing to ask is, say, for example, it was Nike, but Nike did the same thing with us that they're doing with the Major League Baseball and the NFL jerseys where it's still fanatics right. making them, but, but, it's but you Nike. don't know. Right. It's And that's really what it is. And that I realize that's, that's so pretentious and superficial of us, but it matters. There is prestige that comes with it. 100% there is. 100% there is. And it's stupid. And it makes no sense, but to the average fan and to the to the world at large, it matters what the logo is on that jersey. Flip side of that, I think if a company like Bauer, who's a pure hockey company, I think if they had gotten the contract, I think a lot of people would be pretty happy about that too, because then you get that like whole insular hockey vibe thing that's also very, very big time. NHL fanish. So I, I don't know. I think that the middle ground would have been like, I, I brought, you know, like New Balance or something like that was a little bit kind of off the wall, but would still have some relevance given their New England roots and stuff like that. I thought something like that would have been, would have been pretty impressive, but you can only, I mean, you can only hire whoever's actually interested in being hired. Uh, we have no, we have no idea who else actually pitched for it. Maybe it was, maybe there, maybe there literally was no one else. Maybe it was just fanatics showing up to the open casting call. <laughs> you know, is this the audition for the for the jerseys? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, uh, but I, I, I think I've decided to let it go and not be upset about it, and I just be yeah. like, hey, 
I'm upset the reverse retro program is gone, even though it would have been gone, even if it just stayed on. Right. Um, just some of the best stuff they made, especially for the Kings. Um, curious to see if they can bring new ideas to the table. I don't know if they can year one, which is going to be not even next season, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the year after, I believe. Do I have that right? Uh, well, the year one, they're just basically going to continue. Right. Adidas whatever. is done. I think Adidas is done this summer. Okay. And so in terms of the manufacturing, I believe by next season, the, the jerseys will start having the Fanatics F flag logo on them already. But I doubt they're going to be really appreciably different in any way. And um, with regards to the reverse retro program, they, they made it pretty clear that the teams own those those designs. Right. I saw that. That's great. Yeah. Because we were we kind of went back and forth about this. Like, who owns that design? Like, if the right. Kings wanted to, let's say, five years from now, bring out either of these re- reverse retros as an alternate, like, would Correct. they be able to? Or is it, like, yeah. prop intellectual property of Adidas? So that's great. I was yeah. happy about that. Because yeah. those two jerseys specifically have been home runs. Right. As we've documented. Which is interesting that they've that they hit really well on a couple of those and yet they're they're trying to maintain it like an exclusive limited release kind of thing mm-hmm. and and you and I both know that those exclusive limited release kind of things are only exclusive for like 6 7 years and then we're retroing the retros and That's everyone right. gets all excited again back. you know yeah. yeah it always comes back so you know there's if you have a cash cow maybe you you milk it for what it's worth and then you let the milk kind of rebuild right i don't know if that's i don't know if the, I, I i don't milk cows i don't know if that's how this works i imagine <laughs> but anyway. somehow it made perfect sense to thank me. you you are Re- you are replenishing the milk right. in the cow Good. that's there like you science go. we are that, scientists that, that's right <laughs> dairy science cool man yeah yeah um it was nice to record we're gonna try to pick this up a little bit right pick up the pace yep microphones are nicer uh we're members of the media now so <laughs> for one day <laughs> so we're still humble still humble yeah manifest but do the work did you keep the media pass by the way did they let you keep it or did you have to turn I it did. in when you left what's you know that I did. of okay. course i did okay good it's, it is hanging my friend from good somewhere it's somewhere. Now, it's, <laughs> it's clearly <laughs> clearly very meaningful for you it's somewhere no, there it, i i of course i saved it nice so Took nice. a few photos with it um but yeah i mean i i think we're gonna try to especially with the playoffs you know it's it'll be foolish to pod every th- three weeks because the playoffs. Yeah, like, yeah 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 you know a team might be, might be over so, right we'll pick up the pace things are getting fascinating obviously um it's episode 96 i'll spare you there are no 96s 96. okay so we're so, gonna go with the goat 96 the goat 96 listen i'm gonna go pavel Bure on this even though he wore it very briefly. Oh, very briefly. I can't think of a better ninety-six unless you want to go Rantanen, but yeah, uh, Rantanen and Holmstrom. Holmstrom was the one okay. that came to mind, and then Rantanen. I reminded, I had to remind myself that he was ninety-six. Right. So Bure changed from ten to ninety-six, I believe, in nineteen ninety-six, because he became a U.S. citizen in nineteen ninety-six. Huh. Yeah. Let me know if I got any of this wrong because it's there's a high likelihood I did. But, but he did wear it for two seasons, I'm going to guess. And then he would switch back to 10. Interesting. Okay, so here's here's the logic. Um, so Bure requested number 96 to honor the day he arrived in North America to play for the Vancouver Canucks, which was September 6th, 1991. So 9-6. Ah, okay. So I was off, but not that off no no man that's that's very ballpark. impressive ballpark um but and i and i wondered if about the citizen thing because he's been back in russia and he's been running their program and everything like that so i and i don't know if you can do dual russian american citizenship gotcha. okay that makes sense um but pat quinn did not like the idea of high numbers mm-hmm. and so that's how i got number 10 but just for the fact that we have that story <laughs> But he did and wear it. So this he, was he requested it. Oh yeah. And didn't get hockey, it. There's hockey cards with his number. I know, with that oh number no, I remember him wearing it. But what I mean is he requested it, didn't get it. Pat Quinn left. <laughs> then he then he got it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that, there you go. That's the man heartwarming just, just, stuff. That is a that is 
the treasure trove, the Pavel Bury episode, and I couldn't possibly think of anything better than that. That is welcome, my friend. Nicely done. Thank you. All right. I do feel good about that one. You should. That's a good one. That's an excellent pull. Can't wait for the Jeremy Roenick episode next time to really pull this baby down. Oh, <laughs> you know what? You can give it to Connor McDavid at that point in time. <laughs> well, I was going Kings first. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. All right. Fine. All right, everyone. I think that wraps it up for today. Uh, thank you again, as always, for listening. Like, subscribe. Thank you for the Twitter interactions. I don't think we're going to get to 1,000 followers, but I cannot believe we've made it to 900 and some odd already. So that's very impressive. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Guys, let's get to 1,000 followers. Get, I mean, let's maybe, prove Marty wrong maybe, here. Maybe, that's a challenge. That's it. I'm throwing down the Twitter gauntlet as it is. Playoffs are coming. Anything Who, can happen. Anything. That's right. That's right. Including us making it to 1,000 followers. <laughs> Including All us right. just opening up an Instagram, which you should follow soon once oh, we have content. True. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna think of some cool stuff to put on there. I mean, Instagram stuff. You know, we'll really lean into this whole influencer thing. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna prepare to be influenced heavily. Anyway. All right. Like, subscribe. Please keep listening. Thank you for all the reviews. Thank you for all the Twitter interaction. Uh, march to the playoffs, baby. Let's make this happen. Maybe we'll squeeze in one more. Probably we'll squeeze in one more episode, which will be the 97th episode, uh, maybe as a playoff preview episode, right? That seemed reasonable? I think that seems reasonable, which means number 100 should be in the playoffs. Couldn't couldn't have planned it any better, I would say. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Go Kings, go. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast.